Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We've been talking about putting on the full armor of God that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. One day, in fact, we talked about what was going on in Ferguson. And I want to look at a scripture today, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation, nation among whom ye shall shine as lights in the world. And when you look at this in the NIV that I like to read, it says, do all things without arguing and complaining that you might be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, and that you might stand out as lights shining in the darkness, shining out in the world. Do all things without arguing and complaining. So when we hear about, and I think, you know, yesterday, the day before, when we were talking about what was going on in Ferguson, and we tend to think of arguing and complaining as big things. Arguing and complaining usually takes closer to home. Complaining. You know, you're in line, and the line's longer than you thought it would be. So you start to complain a little. At least in your head and sometimes people do it out loud so that other people hear and so maybe they'll join up with them or the line's moving too slow and you think to yourself man this is this is the stupidest clerk they got in the whole place or this is the slowest clerk they got in the whole place i can't believe i got in this line man my whole day is going to be ruined and so we complain about those kind of things we complain about work we complain about I know people that get up in the morning and they go, oh man, it's going to be another hot day. I can't wait till summer's over. Well, that's a complaint. You get up in the winter and you say, man, it's raining again. I can't believe, I can't wait till winter is over. I tell people, the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. If you take that first part and you say, this is the day the Lord has made. So God made today. He made the temperature today. He made everything about today. And I say, I hate this day. I hate this weather. I can't wait till this is over. What have I just said to God? I hate what you just made. I mean, we don't often sit back and think about it that deep. Uh But when you get up in the morning and you say, "I, I hate this weather. I can't wait till this is over. You have just told God, I hate your creation. I hate what you have just made. And 
there's so many things about our life like that that we complain about. We complained about we had to get up. Oh, man, I got to get up again this morning. Oh, man, I got to go to work. And there's we complain so much that we don't even realize that we're complaining, that it just becomes almost second nature to us. And it might have been last week when we were talking about how many thoughts we have and how many of them are negative. And we think and we start to complain about work. People come home from work. The first thing they do is tell their husband or wife all the bad stuff that happened at work. And man, you can't believe how crummy a day I had at work. And then the other one has to tell them what a crummy day they had. And pretty soon, everybody's reliving all this bum day that they had. And it brings down everything in the house. And so we complain about those things. And then the arguing part, the ar- we just argue about stuff that makes no sense. When my daughters were little, you'd hear them sometimes in their bedroom or in the kitchen or wherever they were, and they'd be arguing. And you'd be like, knock it off. That doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter which one of you are right. What you're arguing about doesn't matter. How many times in our life have we got into arguments with people and you just know that God's listening going, knock it off. What you're arguing about doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one of you is right. It's not going to make any difference. Just knock it off. And yet we argue and we fuss like that all the time with each other. You hear people at work. I I think I might have told you six months, a year ago, my father-in-law worked in the oil fields up in Alaska and they would work two weeks on and one week off. And so you would work your shift and then you'd eat and maybe rest for a little bit, but then you spend a lot of time in your room sleeping. It seemed like for him, but your roommate really made a big difference. And he always liked working up there on the rig well enough. And then you make a lot of money. So he could, it was okay. He got a new roommate and this roommate didn't like it. He didn't like really much anything about it. And so then he was always talking about he didn't like the company. He didn't like what they had to do. He didn't like the hours. He didn't like being away from home for two weeks. Almost everything he didn't like. Pretty soon, my father-in-law kind of started to be like that, too. And my mother-in-law, he came home, and he started talking like that. My mother-in-law said, what in the world's going on? You, you don't. You, he said, well, I, so-and-so's my new roommate, and we've been talking. Something said, got into me. You got to <laughs> get a new roommate. And he did, and all of a sudden it was better again. See, we can be surrounded by that kind of complaining, and all of a sudden it starts to work on us too. And you see this at work. You've worked at places. I know I've worked at places, and people are complaining about the boss. People are complaining about the work. They're complaining about the customers. I've, I've heard people say, man, this would be a great place to work if we didn't have customers. And when we start to do that, we just drag everybody else down. He says here that if you stop that, if you stop arguing, you stop complaining, you will shine like a star in a crooked and depraved nation. And, you know, Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. Anybody that thinks that we're not a crooked and depraved generation 2,000 years later, we're just as crooked and depraved as they ever were. We understand there's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) Right. So we're just as crooked and depraved as they are. But you know what? When you stand out, you will stand out like a shining star when you don't complain with the rest of them about the customers. You don't complain with the rest of them about the boss. 
you don't complain with the rest of them about your coworkers. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? The next time you're in line, like at the post office or whatever, and somebody starts saying, man, this line is so long. I can't believe this is taking so long. Turn to them and say, you know what? Isn't it great that God has given us this little break from our day where we can kind of stand here and rest and not be in such a hurry? And watch the reaction to people when you start talking like that. Half of them are going to think, what, is this guy crazy? And the other half are going to think, you know what? That's probably true. And we can shine like a star in a crooked and depraved generation merely by not always complaining about everything, not arguing about everything that happens, no longer being conformed to the world. You know, the Bible talks about being conformed to the world. Talks about our old sinful nature. What's our old sinful nature want to do? It wants to complain. It wants to argue. What is the world that we're not to conform to any longer? What's it want to do? It wants to argue. It wants to complain. You know, and as we spent last day or so talking about what's going on in Ferguson, that's what's going on in Ferguson. Now it's taken to the nth degree, but that's exactly what's happening there. People arguing and complaining and fighting with each other. Rather than, and they're being conformed to the world because that's what the world does. We are no longer as believers to be conformed to this world. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. And again, I just wanted to focus on that section of scripture over in Ephesians uh, 6. What were you just reading that? Not Ephesians 6. Philippians 2.14. He says, uh, Philippians 2.14, that latter part where he talks about... uh, Verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless with an emphasis on children of God, people of God, God. without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation or generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, God's desire is always for us. Again, yes, people that don't know God. They're, they're, they're going to have that complaining spirit. And, and God well, says, that's our sinful nature. Yeah, right. Yeah, but now you, you got to grow up. As Christians, God expects us to grow up into the head, which is Jesus Christ. Well, he says, don't live according to the sinful nature, live right. according to the spirit. So he said, because you got you, I got a, a job, I got work for you to do. My desire is for you to shine like a light in the midst of a perverse and crooked nation. So again, he's talking to God's people. Again, like I say with the Ferguson thing, I think the church needs to be shining as lights in the midst of perversion and a crooked and a wicked generation. God always expects us to shine as lights. The scripture says we've been transformed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light or his marvelous glory or the kingdom of God, which represents light. And I was just reading over in Ephesians right here where he says, uh, Ephesians chapter, I believe it's 5, 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, see this contract? He keeps calling us light, and he's saying that's darkness. And he tells us don't have any fellowship, meaning don't you be like them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, I like that, unfruitful works of darkness. Well, well, Works of darkness is always unfruitful. But he says, but rather expose them. Well, the only thing that I know that's going to expose darkness is light. When light appears, darkness 
is exposed. It's gone. It dissipates. It's over. It's so, kind of interesting. You know, no yeah. matter what, you turn on light, the darkness is gone. It's gone. So that's why Jesus told us in Matthew, let your, he's talking to the church, the body of Christ, the saints, the chosen ones, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works, meaning let them see Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then that's going to glorify your Father in heaven. Then they're going to say, wow, look at those guys. They're shining. They're not conformed to this world. They're not trading evil for evil. They're, they're, they're actually blessing those people that persecute them. They're actually praying for those people. And that's what he says about us. We're to be in this world but separated from the world. When I say separated, I mean we're not conformed. We're, we don't do what they do. In the midst of, we don't complain and grumble about everything. Because that's what the world does. That, that the politicians are doing. We, we, we intercede and stand in the gap for them because the scripture tells us in Timothy, Even pray for all the those. Even party? Pray for all who are in authority. So you're a Democrat and you want to vote, uh, pray, pray for, for a Republican? If they are human, I'm going to pray for them. Cause God, well, we're talking radical preaching here now, well, man. Because God wants his light to shine on, on them. God wants everybody to come into the knowledge of the truth. But if the church, his representatives, don't pray for those folks, they're going to stay in darkness. Yeah, they're gonna. If, that's why you say Ephesians 17, that the God will sh allow his light to shine but, upon them. That they, but see ahead. how easy it is, though, for the devil to blind even his people? Because if you're a good Republican... You can't pray for the president. He's a Democrat. And when there was a Republican to this world, but when there was a Republican in the presidency, you know, before this, if you're a good Democrat, you can't pray for the president because he's a Republican. Because you're conformed to this world. And we know there's a lot of Christians we talk about on this broadcast. They they have political favorites. And again, Jesus should be your only favorite. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that's the only kingdom of or government you should be advancing. Now, yes, we're to evangelize this whole nation. God wants everybody to be in the kingdom of God. He wants everybody to be a child of God. So he says, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. That's how you're letting your light so shine in a crooked and perverse generation where you shine as lights in the world. See, we ain't got a revelation of, of what he's saying in the word because... We're still conformed to this world. I'm not, but most of the I church mean, are still this conformed to this world. Argue and fight. Right, right, right. And then we don't see things from a spiritual perspective. We want to see it from the media's perspective, who's literally controlled by the evil one. So we're believing everything television then told us instead of believing what the Word of God has showed us through the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make one wise. We won't eat. We'll read that. Uh, uh, then we get back to the world system. Okay, that's called dualism. I praise on Sunday. I cuss on Monday. Pray on Tuesday. I mean, go to church on Sunday. Hate on Tuesday. <laughs> go to church on Sunday. Have bitterness on Wednesday. Well, one of my favorite songs is the Eve of Destruction. And there he says, it's okay to hate your neighbor as long go as ahead, you say grace. Right, go ahead and hate your neighbor. Go ahead and cheat on a friend. Well, we can justify song. it in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's another song. That's, there. Oh, I thought it was one tin song. soldier, right? right. That <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it's it's okay to hate your neighbor as long as you say grace. How many how many people do that? You know, you ne you would never eat without bowing your head and saying grace. But boy, you sure can't stand that person down the street, or you can't stand that person you work with, or you can't stand that person in your family. Mm -hmm. And yet we 
now say, well, I said grace, so it's all good. It's all good. But no, we, but we're supposed to shine as lights in the midst, in the midst of a perverse and crooked nation or generation. That's what God says about us. Remember, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're the redeemed. We're the one who have fellowship with God. We have the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God through his Holy Spirit that lives in us and him, through his word. Because Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, by every word. We live from the word of God. So again, we need to do everything without complaining. Well, let's do it because he says we're to always pray. I, I think if you stop complaining and go ahead and pray and ask God, show me something, show me, show me, yeah, I'm in this situation. Show me what you what you want to teach me while I'm in here instead of complaining. Why does this have to happen to me? I got a young man yeah, he's staying at my house now. He wakes up in the morning complaining. So when you were saying that, I, I just got on him Sunday morning, which was yesterday, the other day, Sunday morning. And I had to tell him, he's staying with me for the end of the month. And I told him, this is a complaint-free house. We don't complain in this house. He got up 8 o'clock in the morning complaining. But I told him, you fuss and complain 365. Every day, I've known you. You, you got to complain every day. My back, this. I ain't got no girl. Every day it's a complaint, and he's been conditioned himself to complain every day. Right. Now I told him, okay, here's Nothing's the rule. Good. Here's the rule. You can't stay in my house. I'm going to put you out if you complain. You're going to be homeless. He's starting to straighten up because he don't want to be homeless. But, but I understand, and I've been praying for him because now I can complain about him complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, Lord, examine myself. Now I got to examine myself, and I apologize to him going off on them about complaining but i have to and realize the spiritual back office of what's happening with him he's been doing this for 40 years what he's used to doing but i i'm here to shine as a light in the midst of this what? crooked world and you know <laughs> and you've said more than once we go toward the area of our dominant thoughts so yeah. if you get up in the morning, you're complaining about your life and you're complaining about this and you're complaining about that. and Boy, you don't have enough money and boy, you don't have enough. You know, the day is no good. That's what you're going to get. Right. You're, it's going to go negative. And, and, and I'm trying to teach him that because I'm a Bible teacher. I'm teaching him that at the same time. Death and life is in your mouth, in the power of your tongue. Get up and start telling yourself you're going to have a bad day. Guess what you're going to have? And, and that's what he does. So he complains all throughout the day because he just started off the day saying how things aren't going to work out and all of this and that. So now you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Re I mean, you got to recondition yourself or, or condition your spirit now for the positive, for faith. And again, you got to start now, instead of get up and complaining, let's get up and pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day you have made. Allow right. me to First be a part saying, of it. Right. Saying, Thank well, you, well see, that's what God's saying to Christians. I want you to be ye transformed. Because he says he's, com he's conforming us into his image. That's God's desire. God don't get up in the morning complaining. Heaven doesn't wake up in the morning complaining. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Where are we at on earth? He said, as it is in heaven. That's my will. So that should be so nobody, our will. Nobody's up in heaven going, oh, man. Oh, man, I got to get up this. again. Oh, here's the scripture right here in... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 18. But we all, talking about us Christians, children of God, with unveiled face, 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. See, when we look in the mirror, he's saying, you're looking at the glory of the Lord. Remember, you're got the apple of God's eye. You're made in his creation, especially you've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored. You're the glory of the Lord. Look, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. He said, you're a little God. You're, you're my junior on earth. So go out. Remember, we're ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliations. Go out and let your light so shine. Let people see me through you. I tell people all the time, people may not read the Bible, but they're going to read you because you said you was a Christian. Yeah, they reading you every day. So you, we need to be, we need to represent our Lord and Savior and our Abba Father in the best light. That's why he said, go let your light so shine. So I'll get some glory. I want, I want you to lead. Remember, if I'm lifted up, I'll lead all men to me. That's God's desire. That's part of our job as Christians in the midst of this perverse and crooked generation. We're still not to take sides. We're to take over for the kingdom and pray and intercede for people and ask God to show us what the enemy is trying to blind us from seeing. Remember, the God of this world blinds the minds of those who believe not. Yeah, he'll, believe, he'll blind some Christians' minds too because they didn't start believing you know, what the media says. They believe what the politician says more than they believe what God says. And Jesus is your Lord. Well, see, you it's do. easy, too. Yeah, yeah, it's real easy. And because it, it, it's just, it seems natural, normal. You're used to that. <laughs> but now you're in the kingdom of God. You got to put away some stuff. You got to get pruned. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to have the mind of Christ now. And the only way you're going to have that is by feeding your faith, feeding your spirit, man. The word of God daily and nightly meditating on it. And God's going to start illuminating you. He's going to give you some revelation, some light. And you're going to realize people ain't your problem. You're going to get a revelation of who the real source is of killing, stealing, and destroying relationships. It's the devil. And God's going to show you how he's been getting in your life, how he gets in the life, how he works through politicians, through the criminal justice system, through law enforcement. Media. To your family members, your aunts, your, your in-laws, your outlaws. He's going to show you that. And all you got to do is be open to see it. And, and remember, you shall know the truth. Jesus said that our Lord and Savior and the truth will set you free. God wants us to be free. Remember, what the spirit right. of the Lord is, there's freedom. Right. He wants us to be free from our old sinful nature. Yeah. He wants us to be free from the world system. That's, what it, that's it. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's what Jesus came to say. Repent, believe the gospel. He said, I want to free you up so now you can walk around loving people because God is love. You ain't going to walk around bitter about the black man or the white man or the Mexican or the Indian. They, no. God they're made everybody. He made job. them. God they're, made. They're taking this. They're God made that. them too. They're his children too. Not just white people. Not just black people. Not just the Episcopalians. Republicans the, and Democrats. Right. Well, I'm talking denominations. <laughs> Everybody, God so loved the world. He loved all his creation. And we have, once we start seeing the way God sees, we'll realize, wow, God is actually love. Especially if he can love you, you he can't love nobody else. Well, see, I, see I, I'm convinced the Apostle Paul realized who he was. Mm -hmm. He realized he was a murderer. He realized that he had done all these things. He said he was the chief and of sinners. He, and his whole thing was, if God can change me, 
If he can save me and change me. That's my thing, too. But well, he can change anybody. Hallelujah. Well, unfortunately, there's a bunch of Christians running around today who don't realize what they were and what God has done, and that if God could change them, he can change anybody. If he can save them, he can save anybody. But there are just too many Christians running around who think, well, I was always pretty good. It wasn't that hard. And it, it was, it was I was easy. getting in easy. <laughs> yeah, it was easy for God to save me because, you know, I was I was pretty close anyway. I didn't drink or smoke or what's well, that I know you've talked to him. I know I've talked to him. People say, when are you a Christian? Well, my whole life. Your whole life? <laughs> you was born a Christian. Right. Come out the womb. Came out the womb. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there's no one righteous, not even one, and that nobody came out of the womb as a Christian. And so we have got to realize that if God can save me, then he can save anybody. If God can change me, he can change anybody the same way the Apostle Paul did. So that the people, people weren't Paul's enemies. They were people that he was supposed to share the gospel with. Even as he's on the cross, Jesus didn't see those people as his enemies. He saw them as people that needed to be forgiven. Right. That's why he could say, Father, forgive them, Hallelujah. for they know. He didn't say, Father, that's the enemy. Zap them, right. quick. It was, they were people who needed to be forgiven. So when people are despitefully using us, when people are mistreating us, when people are hating us, we need to see them as people that need to be forgiven, and, that people that need to come and to see the Lord. do what Jesus said. He said, bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spite, well, you always ask, well, what am I going to pray? Pray that they get a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord. That can be your brother-in-law. That can be your sister-in-law. Anyway, that can be your brother or sister. Pray that they would, God would have a divine encounter with them, that he would reveal to him That could be your husband or wife. Yeah, good. A lot of times people think, oh, man, I need a new wife or I need a new husband or whatever, when really what they need is to have God look at their own heart and they see They need a new revelation right. of the truth. Remember, because that's what's going to set one free. Once you get the truth, the real truth, you're going to be free now. Again, you're not going to walk around in bondage with a heavy load. You'll be free, and that's the best way to live. You know, you can be free in prison. Paul proved that. <laughs> you can you can still be. You can be in prison and not in behind bars. Right. But, but you can be behind bars and have Christ and be free. If you know who you are. So that's what God, that's what Jesus came preaching, the gospel of the kingdom of God, which uh, was going to set one free. But we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And uh, we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.